0: Strangers were always welcome. Please be seated. While your room is being prepared, we will take some wine. All that was left... This is Tanya. I am Dracula. Your wine, you must stay here. There is nowhere else. This is not Kleinenberg.
1: (laughs) That was late... The Great Christopher Lee In this journey of Halloween The themes The films Christopher Lee is an icon Still is even after his death Christopher Lee was uh, Synonymous with films Dealing with the horror genre For nearly seven decades He's best well known As Count Dracula He's also known for the James Bond film, The Man with the Golden Gun. Count Doku in the Star Wars prequel trilogy. Saruman in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And the Hobbit film as well. So how did this man from London, England become this horror icon? Well... We're going to talk about that. Why are we going to talk about Christopher Lee? Because he's an icon. When we think of Dracula, yes, in the beginning it was Bela Lugosi, Christopher Lee, and others. Because Christopher Lee played Dracula so many times, and then Bela Lugosi continued, even in the Ed Wood films, they are synonymous with that character. Christopher Lee... You know, his, his personal life is very, very interesting. Very interesting. And we're going to get into that because, you know, he served in World War II. And in many interviews would discuss it. And the, the missions that he was on. In fact, right here I'm reading. He was tasked with helping to track down Nazi war criminal Criminals. Of this time with the organization, Lee said, We were given the dossiers dossiers of what they had done and told to find them, interrogate them as much as we could, and hand them over to the appropriate authorities. We saw these concentration camps. Some had been cleaned up and some had not. It says here he retired from the RAF in 1946 with the rank of flight lieutenant. So he talks about In fact one time a director said to him Just imagine What it would be like to be stabbed in the back And he says I don't have to imagine that Because I have been And the director was kind of put off when he said that Like oh And that's when he started to talk about his military life And here You know and he was uh, Christopher Lee was a very tall Tall gentleman He was 6'5 Um, He also had that voice You know that Operatic voice In fact at one point Later in his life He was making Heavy metal albums Very interesting I think we all know him from The Lord of the Rings films But then there are those of us Such as myself And Jason Almy If shit happens when you party naked Who know him from The Man with the Golden Gun You know the Roger Moore series Of James Bond films It was only a few years ago that I discovered Christopher Lee's Dracula I think we've all seen I've seen Gary Oldman's Dracula I've seen Frank Langella's Dracula Even Bella Lugosi's But there was something about Christopher Lee making it his own Probably because he had that voice You know how Lawrence Olivier With him It wasn't about motivation It was about you know, okay, you're gonna learn how defense and sword fight like Hamlet and then the voice, how to project your voice a certain way. And Christopher Lee was able to do that. You know, he did so many different roles and he played a lot of villains. You know, um he did the Hammer film series. His first was The Curse of Frankenstein, in which he played Frankenstein's monster, and then of course with Boris Karloff, the icon himself, The Corridors of Blood. I mean, the, the, the titles alone. It was in 1958 that he began his run as Dracula. <laughs> I've seen those films. They're so interesting. Um, after an absence, he returned to the role of Dracula in Dracula, Prince of Darkness in 1965. Lee's role has no lines. He merely hisses his way through the film. Stories vary as to the reason for this. Lee states he refused to speak the poor dialogue he was given, but screenwriter Jimmy Sangster claims that the script did not contain any lines for the character. Ah. His roles in the film Dracula has risen from the grave, the taste of... Taste the Blood of Dracula, and Scars of Dracula all gave the Count very little to do. Lee said in an interview in 2005, all they do is write a story and try to fit the character in somewhere, which is very clear when you see the films. They gave me nothing to do. I pleaded with Hammer to let me use other, some other lines from the Bram Stoker novels. Occasionally I sneaked one in Although Lee may not have liked what Hammer was doing with the character World audiences embraced the films Which all were commercially successful Oh my Lee starred in uh, two further Dracula films for Hammer in the early 1970s Both of which attempted to bring the character into the modern day era they were not commercially successful. Dracula A.D. in 1972 and the Satanic Rites, oh my, of Dracula in 1973. The later film was tentatively titled Dracula is Dead and Well and Living in London, a parody of the stage and film musical revue. <laughs> he had an interesting, um, you know, sense of self. My, my, my. Lee's friend, Dennis Wheatley, a noted author, was responsible for bringing the occult to him. The company made two films from Wheatley's novels, both starring Christopher Lee. The Devil Rides Out in 1967 is generally considered to be one of Hammer's crowning achievements. According to Lee, Wheatley was so pleased with it that he offered the actor the film rights to his remaining Black Magic novels, free of charge. However, the second film, To the Devil a Daughter in 1976 Was fraught with production difficulties And was disowned by its author Although financially successful It was Hammer's last horror film And marked the end of Lee's long association With the studio That had a major impact on his career And here we enter The Wicker Man In which he played Lord Let me see if I can say it right Samarial. Samarial. Lee wanted to break free of his image as Dracula and took on more interesting acting roles. He met with screenwriter Anthony Schaefer, and they agreed to work together. Film director Robin Hardy and British line head Peter Schnell became involved in the project. So the Wicker Man, when Christopher Lee died, they really paid attention to, you know, the Wicker Man, James Bond, Dracula, and The Lord of the Rings. The Wicker Man is a 1973 British uh, folk horror film directed by Robin Hardy. Let's see. The Wicker Man is generally well regarded uh, film. Ah, it's on Bravo's Hundred Scariest Movie Moments. There's Christopher Lee Christopher Lee always has kind of that twinkle in his eye Like oh yes I'm doing a scatty movie And he had that voice too You know I think um, When people discovered him in the Lord of the Rings Not realizing Oh this, this man has been Has been doing it a long time You know he scared the crap out of people And here we go I wanted to dive also into his war stories. His war stories are very interesting.
2: The war was over. War crimes investigation. After the end of uh, in the in the promotion of, of the Lord of the Rings uh, fellowship of the ring uh, you uh, were interviewed by a colleague and a co-worker uh, of mine a couple of months ago and this is what happened during the interview the patch of the group the, group. the um, and the, the old one and the new one. Because the new one has a different name, I think. Yes, C. It's now the C. That, that's right. That's the one. And sure. I, so many people have promised me that. I will get it for you. And I've never had it. I will get it for you. Well, I will give you an address to send it to. Yes. Well, we must do that after. It's yeah, just okay.
1: it. yeah, it's fine. Okay.
2: What was this? I'm about? wearing the same clothes. Yes, that's <laughs> it's all, that's spectacular. It's all I have. I only have one suit. Uh, I think the trousers were different, but the rest is the same, and the face is the same. Yeah. Well, you see, it, it goes back a long way. It goes uh-huh. back to the Second World War. <coughs> I was in what they call special forces. I was in the Air Force and also mm-hmm. attached to special forces. So I have a lot of connections even now with the special forces from all over the world. And when I go to different countries, the commanders the paratroopers and so on. I collect this insignia. And, of course, the uh, famous Guptian yeah. is almost impossible to find because it doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think there's another one. It's called e- ESE or something. S-E-S-E. E. It's a yes. that's, that's a new one, that's yeah. a new one, and I remember I was in Ghent, uh-huh. and I met some policemen there, and they said, don't you worry, we will send it to you, never got it. They never did. Never did, and then I have a great friend who is Belgian, uh-huh. Commandeur Gerard Lagoon, who is uh-huh. in the Commandos in Belgium, and he is a collector, uh-huh. and he hasn't got it, and he has been trying for... 10 years to get it and he hasn't got it because I collect insignia from special forces the world. all over the world you know anti-terrorist well, Mr. Lee uh, Bart uh, is a man of his word and he oh, has asked me he could not be here tonight but he has asked me to give you these and I hope uh, you will be happy oh, is this what you required I don't believe it <laughs> it's incredible it certainly is. Why I don't it? know how you got it. Uh, well, uh, it's incredible. I think, I think this maybe I he, shouldn't ask. I think he he nicked this one off the policeman who was wearing it. <laughs> Just like a <laughs> But <I, yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, what That's will amazing. you do with it? I will put it on the wall on the my wall? collection at mm. home. Yes, definitely. I have uh, the German one. ksk I, yes. mm-hmm. I have the French JJN. Uh, group d'intervention gendarmerie nationale and uh, this I've heard of but I've never seen it. but in your in your days in second War were you in the active duty? Oh yes so you oh, yes actually wore something like that as well uh, No I was attached to um, three organizations, mm-hmm. one of which is this tie. S-O-E. S-O-E. SOE which is Special Operations Executive, uh-huh. and I was in uh, Yugoslavia the last year of the war oh. with Tito as a British liaison officer. I was also attached to the S-R-S, the British S-R-S, uh-huh. and also to a unit called Popsky's Private Army. Very famous, but very strange. Yes? About 100 people. And I was backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards between the Air Force and the Army and all these groups. And even now, when I go to certain countries and I meet certain people, they say, well, can you prove that you were, you know, part of all this? And I always carry on me the identification, the... And there it is. The membership card of the SAS of CFFC Lee. That's right. It's very useful because if I want to go to uh, military headquarters or police headquarters, they say, "Who are you? Oh, you're an actor, but yeah, but why are you here?" Yeah, and so on. Do you have any reason? And I say that, and they let you And it works all over the world. <laughs> that's, that's and it certainly has here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the greatest treasure I've ever had. It's incredible. I'm really grateful. Um, I cannot tell you how grateful I am. It's a small it effort for us. No, but no, mm. a big effort. <laughs> <laughs> but it must have been. It must have
1: been. And that's uh, the interesting part of Christopher Lee's life. You know, he had a very long life. He was born on May 27th, 1922, died June 7th, 2015. Now, let's look into. If we can find it One of his very I mean He had a very long career And the wicker man Is part of that
0: Now those children out there They're jumping through the flames In the hope that the god of fire Will make them fruitful Really you can hardly blame them After all what girl would not prefer The child of a god to that of some Acne scarred artisan and, and you, you encourage them in this? Actively. It's most important that each new generation born on summer. I'll be made aware that here the old gods aren't dead. And what of the true god, to whose glory churches and monasteries have been built on these islands for generations past? Now, sir, what of him? Well, he's dead. He can't complain. He had his chance, and in modern parlance, blew it. It's very simple. Let me show you. In the last century, the islanders were starved. Like our neighbors today, they were scratching a bare subsistence from sheep and sea. Then in 1868, my grandfather bought this barren island and began to change things. A distinguished Victorian scientist, agronomist, freethinker. How formidably benevolent he seems. Essentially, the face of a man incredulous of all human good. You're very cynical, my lord. What attracted my grandfather to the island, apart from the profuse source of wiry labour that it promised, was the unique combination of volcanic soil and the warm gulf stream that surrounded it. You see, his experiments had led him to believe that it was possible to induce here the successful growth of certain new strains of fruit that he had developed. So, with typical mid-Victorian zeal, he set to work. The best way of accomplishing this, so it seemed to him, was to rouse the people from their apathy by giving them back their joyous old gods. And that as a result of this worship, the barren island would burgeon and bring forth fruit in great abundance. What he did, of course, was to develop new cultivars of hardy fruit suited to local conditions. Well, of course, to begin with, they worked for him because he fed them and clothed them. But then later, when the trees started fruiting, it became a very different matter. And the ministers fled the island, never to return. What my grandfather had started out of expediency, by far continued, out of love. He brought me out the same way, to reverence the music and the drama and the rituals of the old gods. To love nature, and to fear it, and to rely on it, and to appease it where necessary. He brought me up. He brought you up to be a pagan. A heathen, conceivably,
2: but not, I hope, an unenlightened one.
1: And so that's Christopher Lee, probably in one of his most iconic roles, the Wicker Man. But I also want to tap into when he... You know, it takes some really, really good actors to play the James Bond villains. Javier Bardem. Yes. Rami Malek is going to be in the new one. I, I mean, it's been pushed back, so I don't think we know. Here is just a taste... Christopher, oh, tattoo, isn't it, too?
0: Ah, oh, Miss Goodnight.
1: James. Aren't we a little overdressed, Goodnight?
0: I like a girl in a bikini. No concealed weapons. Miss Goodnight, please. Mr. Bart. Now, let's see what knickknack has for us. Ah, mushrooms.
2: fried mushroom looks terribly
0: interesting. Yes, I'd notice that. I'll get around to it later. Having fun in the sun, good night? Yes. I could stay here forever. Mm. Excellent. Slightly reminiscent of a 34 Mouton. Then I must add it to my cellar. You live well, Scaramanga. As a million dollars a contract I can afford to, Mr. Bond. You work for peanuts, a hearty well done from Her Majesty the Queen and a pittance of a pension. Apart from that, we are the same. To us, Mr. Bond, we are the best. There's a useful four-letter word, and you're full of it. When I kill, it's on the specific orders of my government. And those I kill are themselves killers. Oh, come, comes to Bond. Uh, you disappoint me. You get as much fulfillment out of killing as I do, so why didn't you admit it? I admit killing you would be a pleasure. You should have done that when you first saw me. But then, of course, the English don't consider it sporting to kill in cold blood, do they?
1: Don't count on that. Oh, there we go. We don't want the music in it now, do we? And of course. And <clears throat> see me with a 357 Magnum, I'm
0: awesome. When Wormtongue rises up and comes up behind Saruman to stab him, um, of course it was my job as director to talk to Christopher Lee and to explain to him what I, what I wanted, so I started to go into this long explanation about what sort of sound he should make when he got stabbed. I seem to
2: recall that I did say to Peter, have you any idea of what kind of noise happens when somebody's stabbed in the back? And I say well, because I do. You oh. oh. it, it's, not, it's not, ah! No, I no, like I It's, oh, because the breath's driven out of your body. He proceeded to sort of
0: talk about some very clandestine part of World War Two. He used to be in the, the British Secret Service, whatever they were called, the OSS. He seemed to have expert knowledge of exactly the sort of noise that they make. And so I just sort of didn't push the subject any further. I just said, well, you obviously know what to do, Christopher, so I'm sure you'll do it great. And he did.
1: Yes! <gasps> yes! And see, that's... You know, they're these great actors. Christopher Lee, Ian McKellen, and the Lord of the Rings. Yes, green screens. And, you know, what's interesting is Christopher Lee and Ian McKellen, they were doing this long before the green screens. Long before the CGI. I mean, you look at someone like Ian McKellen who would do it on stage. You know, when you're a stage actor, you have to make it believable by your your wording and your voice doing the text And so Christopher Lee had this really great voice Hence he could do, you know, the heavy metal He could sing heavy metal There's one movie where he's singing about drinks And he's singing about my ties, And I just, I thought it was hilarious But you know, he is the king of horror films You know, a lot of these horror films the icons attached to them I mean, you know, you look at someone like um, Janet Lee Will be forever Associated with Psycho And so I was mentioning as I got cut off about you know people like Janet Lee and Anthony Perkins who are synonymous with psycho with horror films. Christopher Lee in 2009 said of horror films, "Horror films today are obscene." Although his name is synonymous with horror, Christopher Lee once said to CNN. He doesn't have much desire to see pictures that fall under the genre these days. The 87-year-old at the time who helped Britain's legendary Hammer Studios breathe new life into the horror genre in the 1950s says he rarely watches horror films. He said, I find it quite nauseating what they do, Lee told CNN. The blood is all over the screen like an avalanche. The mutilation, dreadful things, and I just don't enjoy that. The veteran actor who played Count Dracula and Frankenstein in a series of hammer movies from the 1950s until the 1970s said that's obscene how much is displayed in horror films today. What you don't see is far from fra is far more frightening than what you do see, says Lee, who considers Roman Polanski's 1968 supernatural thriller, Rosemary's Baby, the scariest film he's ever seen. That may explain his attraction to the upcoming psychological tr- thriller, thriller, The Resident, his first Hammer film in more than 30 years. Ah, Lee was a perfect fit for the film, which takes on a nightmarish quality and a nod to the noir style of Alfred Hitchcock, director Ante Jokin says. He has that presence that a movie like this needs, because it's a single look that can be... the most scary thing within the atmosphere. The Resident, due out in the spring, is his first theatrical feature under the banner of the relaunched Hammer films. It is being revived by new investors who brought the company two years ago. Lee says his reunion with Hammer is ironic in a way. He didn't leave the studio on the best of terms. I'm not going to go into it. But take it from me, they ruined it. He says of his last Hammer film. Bizarre. 1976 cult classic The Devil to the devil a daughter. Some remarkable films have did come out of that era, he described. Black and white Scream of Fear as brilliant and fondly recalls working with the close knit hammer team, which was like a family. Occasionally they'd change the cameraman on something or something, but otherwise the whole crew was the same all the time. I knew all of them extremely well, he said. In 1966's Prince of Darkness, he ended up playing the character of Dracula, Silent, because the lines were not good and could not do anything with them. (laughs) Um, The film was instrumental in launching a golden era of the production house, whose films with gothic qualities and use of the vibrant colors helped... Uh, Revigorate the horror genre But the movies began to seem outdated As movies like The Exorcist And The Omen came on the scene And Hammer produced his last film in 1976 Over the decades Lee has starred In hundreds of of movies He has a uh, Love. He loves playing the baddies, it says Including the villain in The Man with the Golden Gun I've spent my entire career playing the guy in the bad hat Although I have to say that the bad guy is frequently much more interesting than the good guy, Lee said So he's going to be remembered for The Wicker Man Lord of the Rings The Man with the Golden Gun And playing Dracula As well as The Mummy You know It doesn't get any better than that. Boris Karloff and Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in a movie together. That's the Halloween spirit right there. You know, Christopher Lee's voice can convey many, many things. Of a grandfather, a Dracula, a World War II veteran, and yes, even Willy Wonka's father. And if you've watched Willy Wonka, you'll see Christopher Lee. As always, unpleasant dreams.